African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Very good morning and welcome to yet another interactive installment of African Dialogue. You tuned into Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikon Amiso, standing in for Benjamin Mushatama, and we're currently on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Now, on the program today, we look at the International Day for Democracy, which is celebrated throughout the world on the 15th of September. In 2015, the theme is promoting International Day of Democracy through Member Parliament in 166 countries around the world. So that's exactly what we'll be getting into conversation around for this day's African Dialogue. So sit tight and don't go anywhere. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, you know that you can tweet us at Channel Africa 1. For now, it's time for us to check what's happening in the news with Amanda Machaka. Thank you, Skona. Good morning. Mozambique's main opposition party, Rinamo, has boycotted peace talks with the ruling Frilimo for the second time, raising tensions further in the southern African nation, where sporadic clashes between the army and rebel gunmen have resumed. Rinamo's member of parliament, Eduardo Namburete, says for as long as they don't have clear indications that the government is ready to accept their proposals, discussions are useless. Marisa Simos reports. Peace talks were introduced two years ago after Rinamo began a low-level insurgency against the government two decades after its devastating 16-year civil war with Filimo ended. Former President Armando Gibuza and Rinamo leader Afonso Dlakama last year signed a ceasefire in Maputo, allowing Dlakama to run in the October presidential election. But one year and 114 rounds of dialogue later, the ceasefire still hasn't been fully implemented, with Rinamo blaming the government's failure to integrate rebel soldiers into the army and police. Lesotho's Deputy Prime Minister Mutejwa Mitsing is expected to spend another full day before the Sadek Commission of Inquiry into the death of former Army Commander Maparangwe Mahao. On Monday, Mitsing focused on the background of the political situation from 2007 to the reign of former Prime Minister Tom Tabane. He says Tabane unilaterally made changes to the military command and bowed to pressure from his party at the expense of the coalition partners. The Commission's chairperson, Judge Mpapi Mapi has directed Mitsing to wrap his testimony after an hour. This is aimed at allowing the commission and lawyers to cross-examine Mitsing. About 100,000 Cameroonian students have fled the country's northern border with Nigeria as a result of the Boko Haram insurgency. The students are now seeking admissions in already congested schools in the hinterlands and it is feared so many of them may not have the opportunity to get an education. Moki Kinzaka reports from Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé.
Cameroon's Secretary of State in the Ministry of Secondary Education in charge of teacher training, Mununa Fotso, says regular cross-border raids by Nigerian Islamist extremist group Boko Haram have almost halted academic activity on the Central African nation's 500-kilometer boundary with Nigeria's Bono State stronghold of the militant group. He says the assailants use some schools as their base. Zimbabwe's President Robert Mugabe is expected to address legislators at the official opening of the third session of the 8th Parliament late Tuesday. Mugabe is expected to spell out the legislative agenda for the next 12 months as Parliament is still to realign close to 400 pieces of legislation to the 2013 Constitution. Opposition lawmakers have been warned they face possible suspension from the House if they disrupt proceedings. And finally, Mexico's foreign minister is flying to Egypt with relatives of the tourists mistakenly killed by Egyptian security forces. He says her government calls for an urgent investigation of the deplorable event. Two Mexicans were killed and six went missing after their convoy came under attack during an operation on Sunday against jihadists in Egypt's vast western desert. Egypt's interior ministry says forces chasing terrorists mistakenly targeted four pickup trucks carrying the tourists. It did not give a breakdown of the casualties but says the incident led to the death of 12 Mexicans and Egyptians and the wounding of 10 others. Channel Africa News. Thank you to Amanda Machaka for that news update. Time has just gone six minutes after 11 o'clock Central African time. You tuned into African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikona Miso. Remember that African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You're also welcome to interact with us via Twitter. That is at Channel Africa. One is our handle there or Facebook. You can you can also find us on Facebook. We do have a group uh, there on Facebook. Just search for Channel Africa will definitely be able to find us or you can simply SMS your views to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. That's plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. And if you're not uh, too savvy on these uh, social networks, you can also email us. That is to info at channelafrica.co.za. The United Nations uh, International Day of Democracy is annually held on September 15th to raise public awareness about democracy. Now, many people and organizations worldwide, including government agencies and non-government organizations, hold various initiatives to promote democracy on the International Day of Democracy. Now, events and activities include discussions, conferences, as well as press conferences involving keynote speakers, often those who are leaders or educators heavily involved in supporting and endorsing democratic governments and communities. But have we really realized the fruits of democracy? Well, are those countries that say that uh, democratic, really uh, practice democracy fully fledged? 
Well, that is the question that we're asking today, whether we are really realizing the fruits of what democracy is all about. We are joined on the line, as always, I'm not by myself, I'm joined by Dr. Augustine Mugolowondo. Mugolowondo, he is the director for the Institute of of Democracy for Africa, and he joins us now on the line. Also um, on the line, we've got Martin Chungongo, who is the Secretary General for the Interparliamentary Union. Good morning, gentlemen, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, just uh, one correction that I'm the Africa Regional Representative for the Netherlands Institute for Multi-Party Democracy. Well, thank you so much, sir, and apologies uh, for that um, glitch there. But thank you so much for making the time to join us today. Uh, for the benefit of our listener, those of you who'd like to get in on the conversation, don't forget to send us those tweets and we'll be able to direct them to uh, the gentlemen who are joining us in discussion today. Now, I'm going to ask um, uh, Dr. Augustine, I'm going to start with you. When we look at this day and we observe it really well, what is the main significance of it? And um, have we really um, been able to celebrate it the way that we want to observe it um, in previous years? Dr. Augustine? Well, I think the importance of this particular day cannot be underestimated. Uh, if you look at the history where Africa is coming from, uh, it's a history that is characterized by long years of dictatorships, military regimes, and conflicts, and all kinds of, 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 of operations. And, uh, I mean, today, 20 years down the road, uh, to have a day during which we can actually commemorate, uh, you can call it a second liberation, so to speak, uh, is something that I think is very, very commendable because it reminds us of where we are coming from. Mm-hmm. It acknowledges uh, uh, the achievements we've made. But it is also a day where we can remind ourselves in terms of the challenges and the obstacles that we are yet to actually address. Mm. So in that particular context, I think it's a very important day. And um, I think um, there's so much to celebrate, but there's so so much to actually look back to and and think through in terms of what we can still do. Mr. Chungongo, do you agree with Dr. Augustine's sentiments? Yes, I I agree with him. I agree with uh, Augustine because uh, uh, I have always said that uh, uh, democracy is a work in progress and uh, it is always under assault, and today uh, that is uh, more topical than before, uh, looking at what is happening. But I also am optimistic because a lot of progress, as Augustine has said, a lot of progress has been made uh, uh, on the path towards democracy in Africa, and that cannot be over, uh, underestimated. So what is important now is to try to see how we can strengthen that democracy, how we can remain alert and uh, be very, uh, very vigilant we cannot afford to be very complacent. Mm. We also join now on the line by Ibrahim um, Faki. He's the manager for Electoral Institute for Sustainability of Democracy in Africa. Good day, Mr. Faki, and thank you for joining us. Hi, good morning. Thanks very much for having me. Now, we're talking about the significance of the day, and the two gentlemen have just shared their sentiments around it. Um, but I see um, what they've both highlighted is just some of the challenges and obstacles that um, are still uh, plaguing um, the different countries when it comes to democracy. Can you just highlight some of the uh, main obstacles and challenges that you think um, need to be dealt with as a matter of urgency, Mr. Fiki? Well, I think the most urgent thing is we all need a common understanding of what we mean when we use the word democracy. Because different people mean very different things. Um, there's one aspect of democracy, which is the sort of liberal aspect. It's about limitations on the exercise of power or the limitations on the exercise of authority. Uh, some people consider that as a separation of powers notion. Some people consider that as about...
checking the power of executives, cabinets, ministers, presidents, and so forth. Well, that's one aspect. The second aspect is about the ability of ordinary citizens to enjoy rights. Uh, so do I have a right to freely express myself? Do I have a right to freedom of conscience and belief? Is the vote equal? Um, does everyone have equality before the law? So there's this kind of question of fundamental political, social, economic, and human rights. The third aspect is about the question of popular sovereignty. So do ordinary citizens have the right and the ability to participate in elections, in decision-making? Is there participatory aspects to the way in which the society is governed? So, you know, we've just highlighted three aspects. And if you think about the operations, that means the implementation of either one of these three aspects in many of the countries of Africa, it's not just obstacles which are a problem or not just that there are barriers to the way in which people can exercise either their rights or the way in which there are limitations in the exercise of power or whether people have, have the ability to participate. There are fundamental problems in the way in which our societies have actually conceptualized it. So let's just think about the question of elections, for instance. Mm. You can take several countries, and in many instances you will have citizen groups complaining about the fact that many of them didn't appear on the voters' roll or opposition parties claim that they weren't given the voters' role uh, quickly enough so that they can inspect it. Mr. Fakhi, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought right there. We are having a little bit of a problem um, with that line there. Um, We're going to try and see if we can fix that problem because we really want to get the gist of what you're saying because uh, you're making some very um, important um, uh, points there. Um, But we'll definitely try and get that um, sorted. Gentlemen, we're going to go to a short break. It's 13 minutes after 11 o'clock Central African time. This is Africa Midday. And for the benefit of our listeners, just before we go on that break, we'd love for you to also get in on the conversation by simply tweeting us at Channel Africa 1 text us at plus 27823325905 or you can always send us an email that is to info at channelafrica.co.za we're joined on the line by Martin Chugong, Ibrahim Faki as well as Dr. Augustine Mogolowondo and they are getting into conversation with us around International Day of Democracy which is of course um, annually held on the 15th of September to raise public awareness about democracy so you can get to think what democracy means for you and your part of the continent and really whether you as a person as um, Mr. Faki was highlighting about ordinary citizens having the right to exercise um, their rights without there being any infringement on their parts so you can also join in on the conversation in that end it's almost 15 minutes um, after 11 o'clock Central African time my name is Zikon Amiso standing in for Benjamin Mushadama we're going to a short break we will be back after this would like to get to know you, our listener. So we are asking you to tell us the country you're in and how you listen to the station. Is it via shortwave, internet or satellite? And what do you enjoy listening to? You can SMS us at plus two seven eight two double three two five nine zero five, or email us. It's at info at channelafrica.org. You can also tell us via Facebook or tweet us on the handle at Channel Africa Numerical 1 or write to us at the address P.O. Box 91313 Auckland Park Johannesburg 2006 Republic of South Africa We look forward to hearing from you Channel Africa The voice of the African Renaissance
It's 16 minutes after 11 o'clock Central African time. You tuned into African Dialogue. My name is Zikona Miso, and today we're getting into conversation around International Day of Democracy, and we'd love to get an idea of exactly what that means for you. We are, of course, getting into conversation with uh, Mr. Martin Chugong, um, Ibrahim Fakir, Manager for Electoral Institute for Sustainability of Democracy on the African Continent, and as well as Dr. Augustine Mogolawondo. They are getting into conversation with us around this particular uh, topic. Uh, Mr. Fakir, are you back on the line? I am indeed. Now, Mr. Fakir, uh, you were speaking about um, uh, there being a need for um, all the various countries to actually have a common understanding of what it is, um, uh, of, of what they mean when they talk democracy. Now, we know that the IPU is calling for a major stepping up of efforts to involve the public more deeply in terms of formal political processes and institutions, this including parliaments. Now, in your view, has there been a lapse in sort of a accountability and responsibility by politicians duly elected to represent the masses? Well, I would say yes, but let me just, let me just make a small correction. I was not by any means suggesting that countries need a standardized understanding of democracy. What I was suggesting was that we need, when we talk about democracy, we need to be clear and precise about what aspects of democracy that we're talking about. And what you've done with your question just now is precisely that, because what you're asking me is about one very specific dimension of democracy, which is about whether elected representatives are sufficiently responsive and accountable to the citizens that, that have elected them. And in many instances, I think what you'll find is that if that is not it's not happening. So citizens increasingly believe that there is a trust deficit in the way in which they relate to the, to the elected politicians. So trust in political parties and in individual politicians is actually declining uh, and has been Mr. Fakir, we seem to be having a problem with that line once again. Unfortunately, we can't really hear you um, uh, clearly. I'm sure our technical guys will try and uh, fix that. But in the meantime, let me try and get um, Dr. Magolawondo back into the conversation. Dr. Magolawondo, thank you for joining us once again. Um, uh, Touching on the... This question that I was um, asking uh, Mr. Fakir there around the accountability and responsibility by politicians uh, to actually who represent the masses. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the IPU is calling for a major stepping up of efforts in terms of including, you know, the masses when it comes to um, political processes and institutions, including parliament specifically. Now, what I was asking Mr. Fakir is, in your view, has there been a lapse in terms of that accountability and responsibility by politicians? Um, Dr. Mokolawondo? Well, I think uh, regarding the accountability and the responsibility of the politicians, uh, certainly this is uh, something that um, remains one of the significant challenges that um, we, we face. But uh, let, let's have a proper balance. 
we see in a number of countries things going on very well. Uh, we see politicians uh, being able to be held to, to account. Uh, we see politicians accepting uh, results of elections. And uh, I think if you look at, uh, for instance, the, uh, the examples of Ghana, the examples of Nigeria, you know, the examples of Kenya, uh, you, you see that, um, oh, you know, there, there is uh, some progress there. Of course, uh, there is the other side of the story. Uh, we, we, we are pretty much aware of the challenges in Burundi. We are also aware of some challenges we have uh, in, in other parts of, of, the, of the continent. Uh, what, in my view, it means is that, uh, yes, we do have uh, the democratic constitutional frameworks in place in mm-hmm. almost all the countries uh, in Africa, and uh, we do have the basic rules and regulations that should be supportive of democracy. But I think where we still have an issue is really to have a supportive political culture, called a democratic culture, that can further strengthen, you know, uh, the, 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 the kind of democratic practice, practices that we, we aspire to have. So democracy being a way of life remains mm. um, a, a challenge that we, we, we continue to work on. Mm. Now, um, uh, Mr. Chugongo, let's talk about um, the, the call by the IPU um, uh, to step up efforts in terms of public involvement. Um, and, uh, I mean, this then speaks to um, what is a, a dubbed a citizen-driven democracy. What are your thoughts around that, and uh, how could that um, assist in terms of fast-tracking some of the um, problematic areas when it comes to the understanding of um, a full sense of democracy? Mr. Chugongo? Yes. Uh, the thing is, uh, you know, we, we start from the point of view that uh, if uh, the citizens were involved uh, in uh, decision-making, they were I- involved in the institutions of governance uh, at all levels, then uh, we will not be seeing what we are seeing in certain countries. Uh, mm-hmm. You will not be seeing uh, people going into the streets to protest or to claim their rights. So uh, we should try to uh, fix the problem upstream and make sure that uh, the citizens are properly engaged. And in any case, when we are looking at it from the parliamentary perspective, we're saying that parliaments have to be accessible, they have to be accountable, they have to be uh, transparent. And if the citizen is not engaged, then that transparency, that accountability, that accessibility are not there. So it is very important to engage them. And there is a major challenge also that we want to identify and try to fix, and that is, uh, the fact that the youth are becoming very disenchanted with the political process in many countries mm. because they feel they feel that the uh, the politicians are not accountable and not responsive to their interests, and so they're looking to other means of expression. And this is a major challenge for democracy. We want to bring the youth into the mainstream of politics, and that is why we are saying they have to be represented in parliament, they have to be engaged in a dialogue so that they can contribute ideas that are uh, commensurate with uh, their aspirations and interests in society. Mm. But Dr. Mugola, wonder on that note of um, you know including particularly um, the youngsters in the political processes, where do we even begin? I mean, to get to a point where we can actually start moving forward in terms of having that um, inclusivity. Well, I, I think first and foremost to. The beginning should be the acknowledgement, what my colleague is talking about, to acknowledge actually that, uh, first and foremost, Africa as a whole, uh, the youth is the largest population. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the most important thing to acknowledge. Because starting with that acknowledgement, it becomes almost natural that um, 
we, we basically have to find ways and means of ensuring that there is active involvement of the youth. Moving on to the actual measures, uh, I think uh, the IPU is ensuring that the youth are represented in the parliament. Uh, but uh, there is another way also of ensuring um, we get more and more actively involved. This is also to ensure that it, you know, political awareness is mainstreamed, for instance, in, in all uh, educational institutions, yes? secondary education, university education institutions. So that the level of political awareness and political activism, responsible politi- political activism, mm. is actually uh, entrenched as part and parcel of uh, the development of the young people. I think the other aspect is, uh, is also to ensure that uh, the youth are economically empowered mm-hmm. because uh, the la- one of the big challenges that the youth face is poverty. And the poverty uh, actually uh, makes the youth to be vulnerable in, very, in, in many ways, whereby they also tend to be used uh, wrongly by the political actors. So ensuring that uh, the youth are, are provided with some economic activities that help them uh, to, 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 to be independent and help them to also uh, be economically productive uh, in this particular way, uh, we also contribute uh, to, to ensuring that uh, the youth uh, get more involved in politics uh, responsibly. Mm-hmm. I think the other aspect is the, is, is the whole aspect of education. I mean, uh, to ensure that the youth access education is extremely key. And for me, the youth here includes not just uh, young men, but also young women. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's very, very important. I mean, the, the girl child of today is uh, exposed to so many other challenges that if you don't provide the, the opportunities in terms of education, uh, you also make them very vulnerable. So even if you open up spaces in Parliament, but they are not prepared and empowered uh, rightly, those spaces cannot be taken up. So what? I think this is also why uh, my own organization, the Netherlands Institute for Matfaded Democracy, we work with political parties, but in working with political parties, we emphasize also the active involvement of the youth uh, so that they are part and parcel of the political process. Mm. Well, if you agree with the Dr. Mogolonda, send us those thoughts at Channel Africa 1, tweet us, or text us rather, at plus 27823325905. Send us an, an email to info at channelafrica.co.za. You are tuned in to African Dialogue. My name is Zikona Muso, and we're getting into conversation around um, this International Day of Democracy, which is annually observed on the 15th of September. Now, gentlemen, on that note of just inclusivity and um, getting those young people involved and just having uh, listened to Dr. Mogolowondo and some of the various ways that we can use to sort of a fast track that inclusivity. Mr. Chugong, um, Chungongo, um, the African continent has um, has been on the spotlight almost uh, for a, a, a problem which is seen as um, our leaders who constantly try and cling to power um, uh, where um, once, once a leader's uh, term would have ended but you would see the leader then uh, continuing to pursue um, uh, the, 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 the top position in the country. Now this is a problem that we've seen uh, trending on the African continent specifically. Where How do we begin to get to a point where that doesn't happen because according to um, uh, democracy that is not supposed to be happening in various countries. Mr. Chugongo? Yeah, I, I think I can only deplore strongly uh, this attempt uh, for uh, African leaders to uh, stay in power by all means. And uh, once uh, you have uh, constitutional arrangements put in place, I think that everybody has to 
uh, comply with those arrangements. So if there's going to be any change, it has to be by the will of the people. You know, you have to consult the people. You cannot just sit down and say you're going to amend the Constitution and go ahead and do that and stay in power indefinitely. Uh, uh, in any case, uh, uh, it is also a source of disincentive for the youth because then they don't see any openings in the old uh, generation of politicians stay in power forever. So uh, there should be the opening up of uh, political space. There should be leaders in Africa have to be listening to the people to uh, say, listen, well, when you have agreed to uh, some constitutional arrangements, then you have to comply with those and not change in midway. It's like moving the, the goalposts uh, in the middle of the march. So mm. <laughs> we, I, I cannot uh, <laughs> uh, condemn this very strongly mm. enough. So uh, that is uh, the point that I, I want to make regarding mm. Dr. Mokolowando, what then becomes the role of bodies such as the African Union? You know, when we see this um, issue of um, uh, presidents or heads of state, you know, keeping on pushing the goalpost in terms of their terms in office, um, how does then uh, bodies like the African Union, what becomes their role in terms of mediating in that regard? Well, I think before they even come to mediating, the African Union has even a much bigger role. Uh, the African Union set the standards. Uh, it has the protocols, it has the charters, and it has in it for itself the framework which should be supportive of democratic practices, including not supporting, for instance, power democratically. So in my view, that's the important task of the African Union is to ensure that its protocols, its charters, we are talking about the African Charter, for instance, for democratic elections and governance. These particular protocols are domesticated. They are internalized. They become part and parcel of member states' uh, constitutional frameworks. They become part and parcel of the basic rules of the game so that even an ordinary person can hold his or her, or her leader accountable in such a way that you can also ensure the African Union uh, charters are, are, are actually, you know, binding. So, well, I'm going to ask you to charters. just, we'll continue that thought. So we just need to go to a break for now, but we'll definitely continue that thought um, after this short break here on African Dialogue. Stay with us. All right. Dear listener, would you like to be featured on our website? Send us interesting pictures such as those of people, events, or anything you think is unique and interesting. Be part of our website and share those memorable moments with Channel Africa and the rest of the world. Don't miss this opportunity. Take a picture now, tomorrow, and every day. Pictures can be sent to info at channelafrica.org. That's info at channelafrica.org. You can view your pictures on www. That's www.channelafrica.co.za and also on our Facebook page. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
31 minutes after 11 o'clock Central African time. This is African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikona Miso. I'm joined on the line by Dr. Augustine Mokolowondo as well as Mr. Martin Chogongo here and we're getting into conversation around the International Day of Democracy which is of course observed on the 15th of September annually. You're more than welcome to share your thoughts after hearing some of the sentiments around this particular issue. Tweet us at Channel Africa 1. Text us at plus 27 or send us an email to info at channelafrica.co.za. Dr. Mogolawondo, before we went on that break, you were just sharing your thoughts around um, the role of the African Union regarding um, this issue that plagues a continent of uh, heads of states who want to almost cling to power and keep pushing the goalposts in terms of their terms in office. I'm going to allow you to um, finish that thought, uh, Dr. Mogolawondo. Yeah, so uh, of course, in addition to ensuring that uh, the the protocols uh, that support democracy that uh, the, the African Union has adopted are domesticated, it is also important that the African Union is very consistent in the messages it sends. Because uh, when you condemn one incident of an democratic practice and then you let another one go, basically this kind of contradictions don't help the African Union to have the reputation and the credibility that... Uh, uh, is expected of this of, of, of this important uh, you know uh, board that we have in Africa. Mm-hmm. So I think this is another aspect that um, the African Union can do. But mm-hmm. of course, the whole process of mediation when things go wrong is another aspect, and I think that's the 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 the, 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 the other role that the African Union can take up. So again, internalizing what has been done already and ensuring that it's practiced and followed up in in member countries consistency in the, in, in, in the messages that are being sent and, the, and then ensuring uh, basically that um, you know, the African Union plays its role in mediation. Those are some of the important tasks that we could expect from the AU. Mm. Well, another issue that um, is also highlighted when it comes to some of the issues that are plaguing the continent when it comes to democracy is that of uh, media freedom. Now, um, media has been under fire in various governments across the continent wherein um, the governments are um, reportedly seeking to oppress media freedom. Now, what does one make of this? And Mr. Chugong, I'm going to pose this question um, to you and I'll also give um, Dr. Mokolawondo an opportunity to respond. But isn't media freedom also a feature of democracy it is it is uh, i would say a pillar of democracy Mm. Uh, democracy is all about uh, freedom of expression people being able to uh, express their views i would say in a constructive and uh, 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 responsible manner which means that you have to have some guidelines but those guidelines don't have to be restricted so Mm -hmm. we can only deplore any attempts in uh, the world to uh, muzzle the press by any means. So uh, we uh, say that, uh, you know, freedom of expression, uh, the freedom of the media to operate uh, without any restriction, so to speak, is a a cornerstone of any democracy. And uh, if you don't want to, if you want democracy, then you have to promote a plurality of opinions. You have to promote a diversity of opinions, and the media uh, can bring this uh, to the forefront. But there's the other thing about the media. Mm. The media have this educational role. They are there to educate the public. And Augustine just mentioned the uh, need for a culture of democracy to be ingrained, incorporated in Africa, and the media can play that role of uh, spreading the values and ideals of uh, democracy among the people. This is very crucial because we see in many countries uh, people don't have the 
clear understanding of what democracy is all about, what it brings to the table for them. So the media can play this role. We cannot underestimate the importance and role of the media. Mm. Dr. Magola, wonder your thoughts around that? Well, I can't agree more. I think uh, my colleague has underlined very important aspects. And maybe one uh, other thing to add is uh, for the media itself to also um, be very much aware of the power and strength they hold. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, we are not just talking about any other media. We are talking about an independent media. We are talking about a professional media. And uh, in my view, therefore, just as the media is very important in, in, in strengthening democracy, it is also important that the media itself is democratized. Because what you see in some other parts uh, of Africa is that you have a media that is controlled, uh, the media that is not free, the media that actually is, is pursuing a particular agenda of a particular you know, uh, sector of society. And in that case, of course, it doesn't help very much. So because it has such a very important role in information uh, awareness and in educating and uh, basically in empowering and providing people with choices. Democracy is about choices. But uh, the media must play that very balanced role uh, to ensure that uh, people make informed choices, not just one-sided choices. Mm-hmm. So for me, the role of the media cannot be overemphasized, but the media must be the kind of media that is actually in itself democratic, transparent, independent, and very professional. Mm. Now, on that note of the media, social media per se and other new technologies are really increasingly being used by politicians as well as their constituents alike to communicate with each other and on politics. Now, do you believe, uh, Mr. Chugongo, that we've reached um, that kind of threshold where we can actually um, use social media um, politically, so to speak, and uh, to also um, promote democracy? You know, I I would say that... uh uh, politicians and uh, uh, others in society today would uh, ignore or disregard social media at their own risk and peril. Mm. It is something that has come to stay with us. And what is important is to be able to harness the potential uh, that uh, this new media uh, uh, represents and then use this to, uh, uh, you know, mainstream into the uh, political process. Uh, to good use. Uh, we're not saying that uh, the, uh, the social media should be uh, misused. And that again, I go back to the issue of guidelines. Uh, mm. we, we think that uh, you need guidelines, but uh, again, I stress that guidelines do not mean uh, restrictions. Uh, the internet is out there, and what you also have to do is to, uh, and I, I, I am looking at uh, the parliamentarians and parliament. They have to make sure that there is uh, uh, equality or uh, yes, equality, equity of access to the social media, to the web in general, that's, uh, the internet uh, uh, in general, so that everyone in society can contribute to uh, the uh, uh, political process uh, and express their views. And we go back to the theme of uh, the democracy day this year, and that of uh, that is. Uh, uh, public participation for democracy and uh, we think that uh, the social media would be a very useful tool for the public to engage uh, usefully with uh, the political process. Mm. Now uh, Mr. Dr. Mokolo how can we then um, you know um, adding to um, um, Mr. Chugongo's thoughts there how can we make sure that you know people are using um, social networks and not misusing them and you know having those guidelines that he speaks of but also not making sure that we're not gagging or restricting uh, people 
you see, that's a, that's a delicate balance that uh, <laughs> uh, states have to, to strike. Mm. There's a very fine line, you know, between regulating and, and, and actually restricting. Uh, in my view, the most important thing is ensure the responsibility of citizens. I mean, citizens themselves must be the, the ones who are responsible. And uh, it, again, for me, it's not so much for the state to, to regulate entirely. It's more for how I can do of social media. So, again, inculcating citizen responsibilities in the use of social media, for me, is much more important than emphasizing the regulations by the state. Uh, because I think uh, in many uh, the state, uh, state and over-regulate, basically it leads we're having a bit of a problem with that line, Dr. Mokolo-Wondo, um, but thank you for your thoughts around that. It is almost time for us to wrap up our conversation, though, um, and I'm just going to give uh, both gentlemen an opportunity to give us your closing remarks around uh, this particular International Day of Democracy. And I'm going to ask, I mean, how can, um, as much as this International Day of Democracy is being observed and it is the initiative of the United Nations, how does the ordinary man in the street also participate in terms of observing this day and really, you know, get Getting into that introspection of understanding what democracy means um, for the the ordinary man on the street, uh, Mr. Chigongo, just your closing remarks around that. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Let me let me point out that uh, for the IPU, uh, the International Day of Democracy is uh, a wonderful day. Mm. We actually, you may not know, we actually uh, promoted the creation of this day because uh, that was when uh, in 1997 we uh, adopted the Universal Declaration on Democracy. Mm. That was the first attempt internationally to codify the uh, component ingredients of democracy. So uh, we, we think that this day is very important for uh, 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 citizen engagement with um, uh, the political process. It mm. is uh, a wonderful opinion, at least once a year, for uh, the uh, political uh, authorities to engage with the public, to gauge the mood of the public, uh, to see where democracy has uh, uh, reached, uh, what successes have been uh, achieved, and what challenges are there left. And when it comes to Parliament, we have always encouraged them to organize, to open up to the citizens, mm-hmm. uh, citizens to organize open days in Parliament, to organize uh, chat talks and uh, uh, all manners of uh, encounters that uh, would promote uh, engagement with the citizens. And I want to uh, point out that in a couple of hours, I, uh, I would be pleased uh, to host a group of uh, school children here in Geneva at mm-hmm. IPU headquarters. Uh, we will engage with uh, parliamentarians from across the world mm. to discuss issues of democracy. And this is part of what we are trying to do to open up democracy and so that it, it does not remain the private preserve of some influential elite in society, but that it is something that uh, is uh, prevalent across the board in society. So we hope that uh, there will be ongoing um, uh, engagement between uh, the citizens and the political processes across the world, not only in some regions of the world.
Well, thank you so much for your thoughts around that and all the best with those engagements with the youngsters. I know that um, they can be very passionate about this particular uh, subject because, of course, it is something that affects all of us. Politics affects everybody and, of course, um, it is important to exercise those rights that we do gain uh, from democracy. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show on African Dialogue. We really do appreciate your time and um, I'm sure I'll be posing some, I'll be sending you some of the questions that will come through from our listeners who um, would have otherwise missed the show and would have checked it out on our podcast. But thank you so much for making the time to join us today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for having us on this program. Well, that was uh, Dr. Augustine Mugolowondo joining us here on the line on African Dialogue, as well as Mr. Martin Chugongo, Secretary General for the Interparliamentary Union. And of course, earlier on, we had uh, Ibrahim Faki, who is the manager of Editorial Institute for the Electoral Institute, rather, for Sustainability of Democracy in Africa. And unfortunately, we lost him a bit earlier on due to some technical glitches, but um, we were glad to have him for the short time that we did. If you still want to um, send us your thoughts around this particular topic, do so at Channel Africa One on Twitter. Text us at plus two seven eight two double three two five nine zero five, or you can simply text us at plus two seven eight two double three two five nine zero five. My name is Zikon Amiso. This is African Dialogue. We're going to short break. When we come back, it will be time for our economic update. Dear listener, would you like to be featured on our website? Send us interesting pictures, such as those of people, events or anything you think is unique and interesting. Be part of our website and share those memorable moments with Channel Africa and the rest of the world. Don't miss this opportunity. Take a picture now, tomorrow and every day. Pictures can be sent to info at channelafrica.org. That's info at channelafrica.org. You can view your pictures on www www.channelafrica.co.za That's www.channelafrica.co.za And also on our Facebook page. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Welcome back to African Dialogue. It's time now for our economic update with Wisani Matebula. Good morning, Zikona. South Africa's current account deficit has dropped to 3.1% from 4.7% of the GDP in the second quarter of the year. The Reserve Bank says in its quarterly bulletin for September that the current account deficit is buoyed by increases in exports because of the weekend trend. This is the fourth consecutive quarterly narrowing of the current account deficit. However, the bad news is that the country's imports declined by 1.2%. Spending went down 7.2% after growth of 2.7% in the previous quarter. And a plan to start building Kenya's first coal-powered plant in October has been delayed. Francis Njogu, who is CEO of the consortium, Amu Power Company says uh, the group needs the National Land Commission to finish a resettlement plan for the site before it can submit an environmental impact report. Selena Tobong reports. 
The venture by Kenya and China aims to boost Kenya's installed capacity. The consortium, which won the contract last year, comprises of Kenyan firms Centum Investment and Gulf Energy, along with Chinese companies China Hudian Corporation Power Operation Company, Sichuan Electric Power Design and Consulting Company, and Sichuan No. 3 Power Construction Company. Reporting for Channel Africa News, I am the first annual Powering Africa Nigeria meeting opens in Abuja. Development finances are making a strong show at the week-long meeting. Companies such as the African Finance Corporation are in discussion on releasing private sector capital. However, despite no sign of the new APC cabinet, the Nigerian power sector is gaining momentum. There's been overwhelming interest in renewable integration. Discussions are underway on the development for sustainable resources in Nigeria at the meeting. The Bank of Ghana has raised its main policy rate by 100 basis points to 25% to offset the risk of inflation. The West African nation started a three-year aid program worth 918 million U.S. dollars with the IMF in April to restore fiscal balance. Ghana's economy has been dogged by a high fiscal deficit, a debt-to-GDP level close to 70%, and a falling city currency. And finally, Chinese state-owned energy company China National Petroleum Corporation, the CNPC, will sell most of its hotels and more than 4,000 company cars by the end of 2017. This is in an effort to root out corruption and waste. Only a small number of hotels are competitive or in exploration areas with no other hotels will be retained. China's National Offshore Oil Corporation, CNOOC, has listed the steps it's taking to address the problems inspectors found there. And that's your economics news for now. I'm back in an hour's time with another update. Time now for our sports with Figile Lingwati. SABC brings to you Rugby World Cup 2015 live on SABC2 and SABC radio stations. Let's do this. In our sports update this hour, starting off with the boxing news, Floyd Mayweather retires from boxing with nothing left to prove after a win over Andre Beto at the weekend. Floyd Mayweather wins again to keep hold of his WBC, WBA welterweight titles in what he claims is his farewell bout. The 38-year-old easily outboxes younger opponent over the 12 rounds to retain his WBC and WBA welterweight titles and improve his perfect career record to 49 for nothing matching the benchmark set by former heavyweight champion Rocky Marciano. International boxing analyst Peter Liu Peng says he will be missed, but it's an opportunity for young stars to take over. We are going to miss uh, Mayweather um, because it really uh, provided a lot of entertainment uh, as far as boxing is concerned. Uh, but at the same time, it's an opportunity now for, 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 for younger boxers who are coming through 
to see what Mayweather has done and try to emulate him. Uh, firstly, in terms of how he fights and looking after himself, because he's one of the few boxers that really fought until the, the age of 38. And as he says, he's living with all his faculties uh, intact. Uh, unlike some boxers, they, they leave boxing, uh, uh, they are already uh, uh, having legal issues. The bug that has hit previous boxers to retain after retirement might hit Mayweather also. Liu Bing explains. With a record like 49-0, you know, 49-0, uh, he is sharing the record with uh, Rocky Marciano. And he's always been calling himself a TBE, the best ever. And, uh, and, and, and for, 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 for people to realize that he is the best ever, he needs to be the only boxer ever to have uh, fought 50 fights without a loss. And then he repaired. Um, uh, so he, he, it might, he might just be tempted to come back. Uh, his father already, as uh, we have seen here, uh, is already talking about it and saying, look, it would be better for my son to come back and then just to, to one more fight and make it a uh, 50-0. 50-0 sounds better than 49-0. Uh, in athletics, track athletes Antonio Alcana and Casta Semenya both aced gold medals to push Team South Africa's medal tally over the 100 mark at the Africa Games in Congo, Brazzaville. Alcana sprinted and leaped his way to victory in the 110-meter hurdles, while Semenya blew the 800-meter field away in the two-lap final. The track and field section added another three bronze medals to the team tally, while there was also a judo bronze from Zach Pintag. The six medals mean Team South Africa's total medal count stands at 102. Alcana was fastest qualifier into the final and took off like a man possessed as he was never herded in clocking a winning time of 13.32 seconds. Meanwhile, Team South Africa's chef de Michon, Ezra Chabangu, says they are also satisfied with the accommodation at the athlete's village. Oh, the village is really, really, uh, I think, beautiful. I would be surprised if anyone complains about the village because it's um, cheaper room and they have their own street bathroom, which is obviously rare for most of the games where normally you will have a room, but you will have communal bathrooms. There are communal bathrooms, but all the athletes and officials actually have own street uh, bathrooms in their room. In rugby news, Springboks defence coach John McFarland says he's very pleased with where the Springbok team is with their conditioning and says it's also pleasing to see the amount of work the players are doing working on a defensive training. McFarland was speaking from the Springbok team hotel in Eastbourne where the team is based ahead of their first Rugby World Cup match against Japan in Brighton on Saturday. Oh, I think we've worked really hard over the, over the period now. Certainly the, all the testing that's been done shows the conditioning levels have increased dramatically. And you can see it just in our in-game stats over the eight-week period, even in the championship over the four-week period. You could see guys were getting up off the floor quicker. There were second efforts being made, all of that. So we're really pleased. I'm pleased where we are now. I think our conditioning is better. We certainly be good in training, but, you know, we, the test is always on the Saturday. It never changes. Finally, with cricket news, Zimbabwe have recalled wicketkeeper batsman Richmond Mutambami for the series of two 2020s and three one-dayers at home to Pakistan at start later this month. He replaces Regis Chakamvwa, who was behind the stumps for New Zealand's tour in August. The 26-year-old Mutambami was dropped after a poor ODI series against India the previous month. Also included against Pakistan is Sima Taurai Muzarabani, who has played in three twenties but is yet to make his fifty over debut.
Pakistan arrive next week, Thursday, with the first 2020 match to be played three days later. The teams play three ODI games between the 1st and the 5th of October, with all fixtures on the tour to be staged at the Harare Sports Club. And that's your sport news this hour. SABC brings to you Rugby World Cup 2015 live on SABC2 and SABC radio stations. That brings us to the end of this installment of African Dialogue. Be sure to tune in to African Dialogue every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. And of course, you can send us your thoughts around the topic that we were in discussion around today. You can tweet us at Channel Africa 1, text us plus 278-2332-5905 or simply send us an email to info at channelafrica.co.za. From myself, Zikon and Mesa and the rest of the team, it's cheers for now. Enjoy some African groups. Amen. Petita Bendana, Uta Azualupemba, Azwaki Boba, Bachache, Bamiyake, Bayama Moto, Influence à Kudaya. Mbelena Komana Bablato, Bayifurume, Moto Bamuela. Kaba mambila mbila Wakafwa Nandenga kolote Mululu ngonda Depasko ndinga Legend lemene Petita lobina nga Na ebi mouve mate Nga na lelie Eldo chevido Carte sur table, négocier, chobiser Simba Monde, vivra, verra. Sakamoto ya ya Mpona lokotro Tolobati moto aye bate 
à William Pifo, c'est pour la Ferrari, na caviare, contre signa qui pour la Kozala toujours en atop, bon en commun. Les cambois à la quinze, capona misoya bétier. Moana comore. Les cambois à la quinze, capona taïoya marosa. Mère franchienne, nandenge nango. Wolu bongana kingo. Mère bongana pere. Come back to be strong.